It's 8.30. He's on the couch with a cup of coffee. It's Nico. Nico, thanks for joining us. Nico? Do we have you? How are you doing? Ah, how am I doing? Well, I'm doing a whole lot better hearing that you're actually there for sure. How are you doing, mister? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very good. Yeah, um, no, I'm very good. I'm, I'm visiting Claire's dog for the weekend. I'm visiting to my folks. So uh, yeah. it's nice to be here and uh, to be spoiled rotten as normal. So, uh, yeah, we're having a good time. Well, I'm very, very glad to hear that. So, okay, you're being spoiled rotten. You drove out to Clarkstorp to visit I, your family. Yeah. and I actually, uh, I actually was in KZN. Um, I want to tell you this quickly. I was in KZN. And I flew in on Monday to do some work in KZN. So I flew in on, on um, Monday, and it was raining. It was the evening. It was raining quite a lot, and I didn't realize there were big storms. So um, I got to the airport. I got my hire car. Um, yeah. And as you drive out of the airport, um, out of the parking lot, there's a little left and then a right. So I turned left, and it was raining quite a lot. So, you know, you're not – and you're getting used to your my little hire car. And as I drive out, I'm going through, there's a, a car in front of me, it was, I think it was BMW 3 Series, and as I drive, the water just gets deeper and deeper, this is just still in the airport, and eventually the water gets up, um, it probably was about almost 400 millimeters or 500 millimeters deep, the water got up to the bonnet, um, and then I realized, if I stop now, I have a problem, because um, it was just effectively a, a lower area that was filled with water, now, the problem with the car, the air intake is normally behind your headlight, so I realized, if I stop, the car would as soon as I switch off the engine, of course, then you're in trouble because if you start again, it'll suck water into the engine. And if you stop there as well, you're in trouble. So like 4 by 4 so normally when you do 4 by 4 ideally, you don't, don't want to drive through the water. But if you have to, what you want to do is you create a bow wave. In other words, you push the water away so that the air intake has water. So effectively, I kept on driving, pushing the water away, but it almost went over the bonnet. And the guy with the Jeez. BMW, unfortunately, for installed the car which means he was now in big trouble because he had to get out and open the door. So I, I could actually feel the car getting light as it started floating, which is quite an interesting sensation. So luckily I made it through the water. Um, uh, at the end of the day, of course, our training was cancelled because, as you know very well, um, you know, it really is, it was a disaster there. But the yeah. big thing is I saw a few videos as well, people trying to cross um, any type of um, you know, running water. So where would normally be a little bit of a stream, there'd be water running across the road. And please never, 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 um, never cross any running water if there's a lot of rain because it's very easy for a car to float. You, you think not, but the waters, the force of the water is, is unbelievably strong. So a lot of the time people try and cross these low water bridges and the water flows and it doesn't look that dangerous, but it just sweeps cars away. So if you're ever in that decision and there's water flowing across the road, if you, can't, if you don't have confidence in walking across there, don't drive there because cars, unfortunately, unfortunately, float very easily, and it's really, really quite dangerous. So let's um, let's just talk this through again, and I think it's valuable to talk it through in um, as many different ways as we can't. I mean, as we can, is that you know you say don't take your car across if you don't know how deep the water is. Um, exactly. I think a lot of people just go, okay, I'm going to just take a chance because it doesn't look so deep. Why is it that, that the cars just float so quickly and so easily? 
Well, the, the force, of, if you look at the, 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 the force, the side of the car, the profile of the yeah. car is quite wide. Um, and the water effectively will lift the car. I mean, that car I drove at the airport, and this is just a, it was standing water, but I could feel the car getting light. It almost felt like it was getting light. So the, the side profile of the car is quite a lot. So it's a, a, quite a lot of profile. And the water simply pushes you. Think about what keeps you stuck to the road. If you, if that's yeah. actually an easy way. All that keeps you stuck to the road are four tires. And the total contact patch is probably the size of an A4 piece of paper. Maybe it's a little bit bigger. So when you are driving, your four tires are keeping you to the road. So those four things stick to the road. Now when you're driving water, you've got four tires, each about the size of your hand, the, the contact patch keeping you on the side of the road. And you've got water pushing the whole side profile of the car. And that it's much easier for the water to, to overcome the traction of the tires. Um, and that's what really pushes you away. So even if the water looks low and maybe it's about 300 millimeters deep, um, because the force of the water is so strong, it's easy to just lift the car and push the car along. So, um, you know, sometimes you think I've driven across here all the time. It looks fine. The water doesn't look so strong. Don't take the chance, especially if there's a lot of rain. Um, and don't think because the car is bigger. I saw a video of a taxi, taxi being swept, swept away. You think, okay, you know what? This car is bigger. It's probably heavier. Um, just don't um, do that. It's just not worth a while. You're, you know, worth taking a chance. Look for another road or rather wait or go in a different direction because unfortunately water is much stronger than we realize. And even yeah. with deep water in my situation, if you, if you do eventually, let's say it's just a puddle of water or just a, a dam of water and you go in there, as soon as the car stalls, don't start it again. Um, because when you start it again, it's going to literally suck engine, uh, water into the engine. If you stalled it, and you can hopefully pull it out without starting, you might be fine. But if you start the engine, suck in the water into the engine, then you've got other problems, which is, is, is much worse. So water and cars aren't friends, and try and avoid them as much as you can. Even if you think, hey, I've got a big bucky or a big SUV, these things, unfortunately, get swept away quite easily. So please be careful. So just let's remind ourselves as well is that even if your car stalls, do not start the engine again, because that will just pull water into the engine and uh, kill it like that as well. We're chatting to Nico, our petrol head, and uh, looking at uh, some of those challenges. You're welcome to send us your WhatsApps on 0614104107, 0614104107. Any questions for Nico, our petrol head, and also our superb barista as well. But if you want to call him on the landline, you can do so on 011-714-2006, 011-714-2006. And then, of course, SMSs are charged at SMS rates 41391, 41391. Nico, um, before we leave the travelling in water and travelling in weather of this nature, one of the things that I would like to ask you is if one is forced to travel on the road in this rain and in this where, where there's water streaming across the road, I mean, obviously one should travel much more slowly, but what are the things we should be thinking about as well? Okay, so, so what I did when I drove from the airport again, there was lots of, lots of rain. So the first thing is adjust your speed to the road condition. So, um, um, you know, don't move at 10 k's an hour, then you almost in racing, we refer to somebody as a moving chicane when they were quite when they, when they were driving quite slow. So if you're driving a, again? Case, a moving chicane, <laughs> so yeah. the chicane is like a little kink on the racetrack. But if somebody okay. is driving slowly, you jokingly refer to him as a, as a moving chicane. So in this case, if you're driving at 10 k's an hour on the highway, that's also probably dangerous for other cars because their visibility is bad. 
but if the, the the highway was 100, I was driving from Kinshasa Airport. So speed up, you know, obviously on the highway 120. I think I was doing 90 and I was going through the slow lane. So rather drive, don't drive in the fast lane, adjust your speed, um, uh, switch on your air conditioner as well. Um, because if, if your clothes is wet when you plunge into the car, um, it can be that, um, of course, it gets you in the car and your windows will fog up. But the air conditioner, if you have one, which most cars have, will dry up. So switch on the aircon. You can make you know turn up the heat if you want to, but aircon gives you better visibility. Switch on your wipers, switch on your light, and then have a look for water. So as I'm driving, especially when you get to a lower area, you can see the water running across the road. Again, slow down a little bit for that, but keep the wheel straight so don't swerve. Um, so no sudden actions of braking or, or, or being aggressive with a steering wheel. I just slow down, keep the car in a straight line as you drive across the water. And that's the best. Look out around. You look out for other cars, especially if you see somebody. There's always, unfortunately, somebody in a rush. Let them pass. Don't keep them up. But stay out of the fast lane and just adjust your speed. Those are the basic basic things I kept to. And those, you know, I think that's that's a, that's the best start you can do. Avoid running water. And, of course, if you can, avoid traveling in the rain. But sometimes you have no choice. I'm interested in that you say that one should keep the tires and the, and the, and the steering wheel in a straight line. Like... Now, this just shows how absolutely off course I, I am. But my instinct would maybe be to go keep moving differently. You know what I mean? Going a little bit to the left, a little yeah. bit to the right, almost like a snake. So, so what what will happen is um, we call that aquaplaning. So when you get a, a large volume of water, the tire, um, the grooves in the tire are there to displace the water. So if you look at the tire, those grooves displace the water. But as the speed increases... Um, and, of course, you don't, uh, depending on how much tread you have, at one stage, the tire is going to lose that ability to displace the water. So even if you have brand-new tires and there's a lot of water, um, um, the tire actually hops onto the water. So aquaplaning means that you've got the road, then you've got the water, and you've got the tire on top of the water. So literally, the tire isn't touching the road. So, um, and now what happens is at that time, you, aquaplaning basically then means that you you effectively almost like a boat on water. If you think about a boat on the water, you're not touching the road surface. The problem is normally when you come out of the aquaplane. So if you um, if you uh, if you aquaplane, and it can happen, it happens probably more than you realize. If the wheels are straight as you come out of the water, the car will be straight again. But if you've turned your front wheels left or right, as you come out of the water and the wheels are turned left to the right, the car will now shoot off in that that direction as the tire touches the road surface again. That's why when you keep the wheel straight, if you do aquaplane, the car moves around a little bit, keep the wheel straight. As you come out of the water, your front wheels will be straight, so your car will keep turning straight. If you're turning left and right as you're aquaplaning, the car will still keep going straight, but the, 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 it's going to follow the, the direction in which the front wheels are pointed as you get out of the water. That's why simply slowing down and keeping it straight is the best solution. Aquaplaning also will increase with speed. As you go faster, you're more likely to aquaplane. That's why slowing down to the road conditions also helps as you're going in the water, less likely to aquaplane. Because if you're driving at 5 k's an hour through the water, it's not going to aquaplane, but at 20 k's or 50 or 100 k's an hour, as the water gets deeper, more likely to aquaplane. So simply keep the wheel straight um, in the rain. And the car sometimes moves a little bit, but don't fight the car. Just keep the wheel straight and relax and maybe listen to some 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 easygoing music or switch off the radio to help you concentrate. Sometimes that helps as well. If you go on multi-tools, which I So, Nico, 
If, if anybody does have questions around traveling in watery uh, situations, traveling in pouring rain, one obviously ideally needs to uh, try and stay at home as much as possible. I mean, I was interested yesterday when I heard that, um, uh, well, not yesterday, the day before, that a lot of kids were staying home because of the um, the because of of the rain, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I see that Kat in Peter Maritzburg has said that every one liter of water weighs one kilogram. Huh? Mm. Yep. I didn't even know that. The force of water should never be underestimated because there are obviously thousands and thousands of liters of water streaming across bridges and on roads as well. Yeah, that's why you know the force is something. I mean, if you if you look at the devastation, if you look at how the um, how those um, um, uh, ship containers were floating in the water. And you think, hey, those things are heavy. They're not going anywhere. So if you look at how water carves out rock, um, you know, water is not to be messed with. And, and a car just unfortunately floats quite easily. So um, if you, if you, you know, let's say that it comes to worse and you're stuck in the car. Um, so first of all, normally with 4 by 4 the principles were as follows. So if you're going off-roading, 4 by 4 in water, um, number one would be you have to walk with a, where you're going. So we're not talking about a stream of water. Let's say just a dam of water. You'd have to walk with the one wheelies, walk with the second wheelies, walk with the diffies, so you know where the line would be. Then you take off your seatbelt and you open your windows um, so that you can get out if you need to. Um, then you normally would drive slowly. So if it happens that you are stuck in, in, in a car, unfortunately it's better to have the windows open so the water could stream in because only when the water is completely inside the car will you be able to open the door. Because if the doors are closed and the windows are closed, the pressure from the water doesn't allow you to open the door to get out. So uh, and in 4 by 4 the strategy would be to open the windows completely down and the valve yeah. off so that you can water can stream in and you can get out. But I think the first thing is don't get yourself into that situation. Just avoid the water um, because, as we've now said a few times, it's just not worthwhile. It's stronger than you realize. Yeah, save yourself and stay at home. So anyway, our producer, Ndosh, has... Um, WhatsApped me a message that you sent for us um, as per a story. Now, uh, all I can say to you, Nico, I think you're talking Hyundai, but this is what I get. Ionic 5 er un romslik family SUV met vierhulstrik stor bagasrum och un prus som stater pa vier echt vier krona bakhulstrik eller I think you must stop because otherwise somebody might think that they suddenly um, turned, tuned into the wrong radio station. So, so what I did, okay, let me give you some background. So what you see there is the Hyundai Ionic 5. Now, um, it's not a car that's in South Africa. So I, I had to quickly look for on my phone for a, a website just so you could see some pictures. So in this case, it's only about the pictures, not about the article. And why it's oh. about the pictures... Yeah, so see, okay, so have a look at the car. It's the Hyundai Ionic 5, which is yeah. an electric car, um, which is, it's a hatchback. So if you think of a car size of a, a Volkswagen Golf, um, but an electric hatchback. So uh, have you got the pictures there? I'm just trying to load it up, but you can talk while uh, Okay, I'm so ready. as you go, the reason why I've sent you this, this is the world car of the year, the world electric oh. car of the year, and the world design car of the year. So... Effectively, I'm saying to Hyundai, please, guys, this is an electric car we need in South Africa. It's a hatchback. Uh, I'm sure it'll be below the million rand mark 
It's an affordable car, but it's an electric car that, you know, we can bring more to the masses. So first of all, design-wise, I think it's a, it's a doozy. It's a, it's a stunning-looking car. Um, I don't know if you can let me know as soon as you can see the picture. I'm just, um, I'm with, just laughing with, at you calling it a doozy. A doozy, yeah. Not and nothing to do again with uh, with a with a um, doozy. Um, 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 what's it? Um, the uh, river or the, yeah. yeah. Um, so first of all, sharp lines in the car. So um, beautiful oh, angular see, design yes. at the front. Um, so a very angular design, I think, as I said, which I quite like at the rear as well. Um, you've got looks like little square LEDs that make up the rear lights, um, which I think is, is really um, good looking. So from the outside, it's a great looking car. Um, on the inside as well, it, um, um, I think a very simplistic design, but very high tech. So um, there's a reason, of course, um, why the car is World Car of the Year. As I said, it's one key category. So hopefully that's a car we'll see in South Africa soon, the Hyundai Ionic 5. As you said is again... Is, no. this, um, is it a hybrid? Is it hybrid or is it pure No, it's electric? a fully electric car. It's a fully electric car. So um, you charge it at a wall plug and you drive with electricity and that's it. Um, but, you know, as I said, it's a, it's a good-looking car. Um, being world car of the year, electric car of the year, and design car of the year, definitely goes, um, you know, says quite a lot about it. Then Mercedes-Benz, the EQS, which is the electric version of the S-Class, is the world's luxury car. The Toyota Yaris Cross which yeah. we unfortunately don't have in South Africa, is the world urban car. And the uh, Audi e-tron GT is the world performance car. So effectively, almost all the cars, except the Yaris Cross, are electric cars as well in the world. Um, so that already says a lot about where electric cars are going. You know, this morning I was listening to something else, and somebody was also saying, you know, are we ready in South Africa for electric cars? The reality is the manufacturers are under pressure. And in this week, the head of um, um, Toyota South Africa, Andrew Kirby, said that we need to effectively, if I can put it in other terms, wake up in South Africa yes. because electric cars are coming. We are building internal combustion engine cars, um, but the world wants electric cars. So if you look at our exports, which is Toyota, Isuzu now have launched the B-Max Bucky built in South Africa. Um, Volkswagen has, has got Polo, BMW has got Extreme, Mercedes-Benz C-Class, um, Nissan um, factory in Roslyn. Um, but we need to start building electric cars in South Africa because the world is moving there. So if we don't do anything, we're going to be left behind. And we're really, I think, a little bit behind. We need to get going with this. And I think hopefully government realizes this and starts supporting this quicker. Because whether we like electric cars or not, they are coming. But currently, they're too expensive. Worldwide, they're too expensive. And, and I have to say, as well, a few manufacturers have said, unfortunately, it costs them a lot more. I think something like three times more to make an electric car than the same equivalent internal combustion engine car. But the, mean, the world is moving in that direction. I mean, you know, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I think this idea of us saying, are we ready for? I mean, it's like saying, are we ready for a female judge? I mean, which is so ridiculous and so profoundly kind of short-sighted. It's like there's no point in us saying, are we ready for? We have to start becoming ready for, and there's no reason that we should be questioning it we should just be doing it to ensure that we are ready for and that the time has come and even in some cases gone yeah that uh, i would agree with you exactly that don't you know we, we need to start running with this instead of waiting and waiting and are we ready for and debating whether we're ready for <laughs> so if you look at you know what manufacturers are saying if you're following anything with car manufacturers if you look at um they're all just talking about electric cars and um, if you look at their concept cars, you know, a lot of the time 
Uh, you can see the concept cars because if you start looking at, at reading about cars or what's coming in the future and you, you see the concept cars, you know, those are normally the cars with those stickers and the squiggly bit. So you don't know exactly what the car is look, you know, looks like. But that's, and then they say, this is this manufacturer's electric car and that manufacturer's electric car and this manufacturer's electric car. You don't see manufacturers really saying, oh, this is a new petrol engine or diesel engine car. So yeah. um, the push is so large from the manufacturers that um, because from their side, they've been taxed on CO2. And to lower the CO2 tax would be to bring in electric cars. Um, yeah. And, of course, it's all about the environmental, environmental impact. And, um, you know, there's also, there's, of course, another side. Even if electric cars are portable, they're not really, um, you know, when you're driving the car, you're not using, um, uh, or the, the, the emissions are extremely low. And, unfortunately, the other side is how is electricity developed. And that's still one thing, you know, we've got to work on, because a lot of countries work on, on, on coal to develop electricity which drives your electric car. So there's, of course, you can always make a counter-argument about the, um, how you develop it or, or generating the electricity, but in reality, the cars are going to be electric. So, um, And I've, I've found, Michelle, there's sort of two streams of people. Um, there's those that are not so sure about electric cars or might not like them, but if, you, if you're fortunate enough to have a spin in one or be a passenger in one, it's, like a, it's unbelievable how everybody that wasn't sure or might not even have liked it I've changed their minds when I've added an electric car and I've taken them for a spin because yeah. you drive these things. They're actually amazing things because it's a quiet and effortless. So that's the way oh. the world's going. Yeah. So um, I must say the image of it, it looks like an amazing, amazing car, the Ionica. I hope uh, we do get to see something like that in South Africa at some point. Um, then uh, we've got a message from someone saying, um, help, I have a 2013 i20 Hyundai. When I first start driving, my car doesn't seem to have power. It feels like it's a too high of a gear. It takes a little while for it to start driving normal, and the issue is worse when it's cold. So I replaced the spark plugs and the coils. I had it checked out by the Hyundai Service Center. They replaced the crank shaft sensor. It was expensive. It's getting cold, and the problem is back, so I don't think that that's it. Help again. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not going to be out. You need to go back to Hyundai. Um, that's your best help. You can't help. I she can't help. help twice. My, 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 yes, I know. I'm sorry. But go back to Hyundai. I mean, they, they, you've got to say, listen, guys, whatever money I've spent, this is not working. Um, ideally, you want to, uh, you know, drive, let them drive the car in the conditions that, 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 that you see it. So try and, uh, and make notes exactly what happens, where the revs are, what the, so you can ex explain to them what happens. Leave yeah. the car overnight and tell them, listen, give me another car because you fixed it and it ain't fixed. And drive it in the morning early because that's when the problem happens and this is what will happen. But you've, you've spent a lot of money. You've got to take it back there and they've got to fix it. It's, the onus is on them to fix it. So, um, yeah, they've got to fix it, unfortunately. And I'm not going to be able to help. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Nick is washing his hands. I'm sorry. That's just like a bit <laughs> I would love to help, but I can't. I'm so in Nico, Clarkstall, but far away. <laughs> you're in Clarkstall. Nothing happens in Clarkstall. Nico, you've, uh, Jenny says we we had some stuff going on in Grayton where the Hyundai, Hyundai advert was being made. There was huge excitement, a huge filming team, and even the horses had fun watching the activity. I can't wait to see the ad. We've also got um, a voiceover. Uh, we'll go to that talking about uh, the water issue as well. Here goes. Hi, Michelle. I know there's no laughing matter, but when I grew up, but years ago, um, there was an old man, he's dead now, 
is late, of course. Um, he used to, when there was flooding, he would, and he drives through a puddle of water, he would lift his feet off, up basically, and when he goes under a tree, he would sort of lean forward so avoid the tree. And it was quite funny, and I often saw him doing that. Well, I can only imagine that must be someone in your family who is doing that. So lifting his feet up from the water. Um, and uh, well, I have to say, my first car that I drove, I literally had to lift my feet up from the water because they were like holes in the bottom of it. <laughs> and you, you could see, you could see, you could see through. It oh, was that's my, not good. No, it was it was a hell of a it was a little one of those little city golfs, but it had like yes. quite a few rusty holes in the bottom, so and the, the door didn't the door didn't close properly. So you sort of had to hold onto the door, and <laughs> lift your. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you, um, yeah, I think we all have some horror stories. Um, sometimes about our first cars or how dangerous they were. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> That's a funny so, story. So we, we were going to go back to the electric car story again because someone's saying electric cars are wonderful, uh, but South Africa's urban grids are not up to um, – urban electricity grids are not up to sorting it out. No, Nico, no, that's not, that's not true. Uh, to be honest, I mean, unfortunately, it's easy to jump on that bandwagon. I hear it all the time. You know, ESCOM can't supply power. And, yes, it's true. But, you know, I, Michelle, I've driven quite a few electric cars now. I've never had an issue, to be honest. The range, let's say the range is 200 k's, which is much better. It can be three or 400 k's. Um, the range is 200 kilometers. So um, you can drive 200 kilometers with, before you have to charge the kit. Let's say ESCOM has four hours of load shedding, which is normally it's about two hours. But let's say it's four hours. If you get home at 6 o'clock and you're charging the next morning till 6 o'clock, you can get a lot of range, even if ESCOM has load shedding for four hours. Let's say from 12 to 6, you're still charging the car. So to be honest, that's not true. You know, it's an, it's an easy thing to jump onto, and I hear that a lot of time. But even with load shedding every day, you don't have to charge the car every day. And the car's charging overnight anyway um, between, let's say, whatever, for four or five or six hours, which is more than enough to get energy back. So where electric cars aren't great if you drive long distance, then, then they're still not ideal. Um, but if you're driving in a the city, they're actually ideal city cars. Because they, they're quiet, they're comfortable, you don't have to stop at a filling station, you just plug it in, you plug it out again. Um, and, you know, most, uh, on average, I think the average distance is 22.5 kilometers that South Africans drive. Some drive more, some drive less. And, you know, even let's just say you make it 30 kilometers per day. Um, you're going to drive quite a lot before you have to put energy back into the battery. Also, the, the, the charging network is getting better. So I've lived with a few, and I honestly haven't had issues even with those. Very briefly, just explain the charging network. I mean, if we're saying um, that I'm driving a car, an electric car, for example, so I'm in Cape Town. Mm -hmm. So say I decided I'm going to drive all the way from the City Bowl to Seapoint to the SABC, which is, no. what, I don't no, know, 10 kilometers maybe. Yeah, that's the um, issue. I mean, Michelle. Where would yeah, I charge the that, car? No, you, I don't. So, um, uh, I mean, at home. So <laughs> Sorry, I have a bit of a cold, so that's why. Oh I yes. Voice. Are you sure? Um, at home. <laughs> at home. <laughs> Sound like Dave Edna. Okay. <laughs> Do you know Dave Edna's neighborhood watch? All right, that's an yes. old <laughs> uh, Okay, so um, uh, 
electric cars are normally charged at home. So um, you can either, uh, probably depending on the car, you'll have to charge, uh, either install a wall box, box, which the manufacturers will, will supply with a car. You can charge it with a three-point plug, but that's a little bit slow. But with an electric car, you'd be charging it at home every day. So in your case, let's say you're, you're not Cape Town. Um, if you drive 10Ks every day, and let's say the range is 300 kilometers, I mean, you can do the math. You can drive for a long time without one, you know, needing to put energy back into the battery again, driving 10Ks there. Let's say 10Ks there and 10Ks back. So um, uh, probably you'd say, you know, let me charge it on the weekend. You get there at home on the weekend on a Friday, you plug it in. ESCOM can load it like they want to. But by Saturday afternoon, the car's going to be 100% again if it's that long. So um, charging is happening at home, but there are also public charges. Um, and I think it's now moved up to, to around about 400 charging points. Um, you can simply, if you go and search um, charging points or grid cars, which is the company that uh, currently has a, a charging network, and you can, um, if you're on your phone, if you go to grid cars, then there's a live map. And on the live map, it shows you all the charging points. Hmm. So you can have a look now and see where the car can be charged. So in Cape Town, there's quite a lot. Um, the major routes now, um, they've installed more charges. Um, Audi, Audi has actually also installed high um, uh, power charges, which is 150 kilowatts, which means that you can charge the cars much more quick or, or quicker. Um, so along the major routes, more and more charges are being put in. But um, it's still not a, you know, if you're driving 400 k's a day for work, it's still not the ideal car. It's probably mm. still not the car you want to go on holiday with, with your family, but you can because it takes a, a while to always charge it. But if you live in a city or a, or a big town, they're actually fabulous things to live with. So actually one should try and get a runaround and not like a, a big sort of... Yes, unfortunately you're still paying more than a million bucks. Well, I think your BMWs are about 800000 It's still too expensive for a runaround, I would say. It's still, um, you know, they're still too expensive. But, uh, you know, the, the manufacturers are pushing to make cheaper ones. So hopefully Hyundai bring that Ionic 5 um, and hopefully there'll be less than a million bucks because what a good-looking car and, you know, something exciting to look forward to. So let's go very quickly into uh, the voice note about driving through water and um, the, and then we're going to get out of here. 